0: Count money, man. Stack riches. Riches. Try try and told him I'm a beast, bud. What's up, gang? Welcome back to another episode of the Grindcast. Get ready. It's a new day. We have a special boss lady in the house, Marissa Sergi. She is a third-generation winemaker with a degree in winemaking from an Ivy League school, Cornell University. Uh, She launched her brand redheaded redhead wine was it redheaded or redhead wine uh redhead yeah redhead wine and now it's reds wine and i think did that start as a capstone project at cornell i think when when you were in college it was a capstone project and and then now it's grown to over five thousand stores in the united states including uh mayor target walmart some big big names i think are are now getting your wine was that a capstone project It was. It kind of was
1: by accident as well. I had no idea uh, how I was going to pursue this whole capstone project situation because I didn't even know what it meant. I just knew that if you were a senior in the winemaking program, you had to complete a capstone project to graduate. So all I saw was this project project is going to be between me and graduation. So it was really scary. I did realize, uh, just by talking to some of my peers who are older than me, you know, there was a lot of work, a lot of research, a lot of you know, vineyard or chemistry research, and that stuff really intimidated me. I'm more of a creative person. So I just asked my mentors at school, hey, would it be okay if I instead designed a wine label, documented the winemaking process, and tried to get it into one retail location and that would be my project. And they said, absolutely. So i was like, hell yeah. I'm going to have fun with this because I just couldn't see myself being successful just doing that scientific research. You know, I probably could have handled it if I applied myself, but I want to do something that excited me. So I was really glad that me proposing that idea, it got accepted and I kind of ran with it. And I did not picture Redhead, now rebranded as Reds, to be a business. I just wanted to see if I can get in one store and just tell that story and what I found along the way. But I got an email that changed my life. I didn't realize it was going to change my life at the time. But it just said, hey, if you are a student entrepreneur on campus, want some free food, come to this meeting and uh, whatever I, I just saw free food it was my favorite uh wing place called wings over which my friend dan who i went to cornell with eventually bought the chain and he's growing it he's killing it um he has some locations actually just opening up in columbus but anyway i digress well this this place i just brought my bottle of wine i was going to scoop some food and peace out but the woman who was running the meeting said hey If you're a student entrepreneur, you need to give a business pitch. I had red hair, a bottle of wine, and a plate full of wings. There was no way I was going to escape without someone noticing. So I just Googled wine industry facts. I didn't even know what a business pitch was. And I just strung something together. And the next day, I found out I was nominated as my school within Cornell. So I went to CALS, the College of Agriculture and Life Sciences. They nominated me as their Student Business of the Year nominee. Um, I couldn't believe it. I was just there for the food, but, um, because of that nomination, I had to figure out how to structure my capstone project to be a business for this pitch competition. And I got really great positive feedback from it. And that's what really catapulted. Oh, wow. Maybe this could be a real thing. Oh, you
0: are a hustler. You are a hustler. (laughs) You were ready. That did not just happen in that moment. You already got some hustle in you. You know for sure, for to be able to turn it on like that, you got you got a gift. It was it was God's timing and planning, no doubt, but you you're a you are a real hustler. So where Thank did you. that where did that come from? Where did that mindset come from? Entrepreneurial spirit, witty, you know, you, you got to have a little bit of that. Where where did some of that come from? I think
1: my entire family, I, I kind of have a little bit of everybody in me. My, my mom, uh, she was very outgoing, always found a way to find a solution. So I had her as a role model growing up. And my father, he was always putting together a deal, you know, Italian man, always having his friends over and his conspiracy theories. And of course, his business that he started, which was Lubabella. Uh, winery. So I grew up in that environment. So I think having both of those great role models in my life, and I still have my parents in my life, uh, really prepared me for that moment. I snapped into action and it just kind of worked out.
0: So Lou Vabella, uh, you're, you're, I think the title there is chief growth officer. Yes. I like that. I need one of those. Josh, we got to note that. I don't think I have a chief growth officer, but we we got to get one of those. I like that. Tell me a little bit about the Luvabella. Did I pronounce it the right way? Luv- yes, Luvabella? Yes, you did. Absolutely. Tell me a little bit about so, it.
1: Luvabella was started by my father in the early 2000s. It kind of was a positive thing out of an unfortunate situation. This I really haven't told this story before. Um, but my father, he used to work for the Ohio Department of Transportation, paving roads and you know everything in between. And in the late 90s, he was eating lunch in his truck and a drunk driver ran through a red light and hit his car as a T-bone. Mm. So my father had six and still does six dislocated discs in his back and neck. He wasn't able to work because he was in a lot of pain. So he just didn't know what he was going to do next. He didn't want to earn workers' comp the rest of his life and not do something. He liked to be active and be creative. So um, my father started sharing my grandfather's wine and the wine that he made with him together. And people were like, oh, I need more of this wine. Do you have any more? He gave it away. And he didn't have any more to give. So he's like, oh, maybe if I created some wine, got a license. I could sell it and make some money for my family. Well, my father started a wine juice business, bringing in fresh juices from California, selling it to his friends and also making wine for his personal use, and then got the license to sell wine legally in the state of Ohio. Uh, we all started uh, working with the Giarusa Company. They allowed my father to use some of the cooler space during season, so he was able to bootstrap a little bit and see if the business had any viability. and he sold out every season so eventually bought a building on uh, two twenty four um, in Youngstown. and that's where we're at today. So Lupa Bella kind of started as a fresh juice company, but we were now um, you know selling.
0: Where where where's that at on two twenty four?
1: So if you go past the uh, Poland Giant Eagle towards Pennsylvania, we're on the right hand side. Gotcha. Okay,
0: I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to check it out. I was just at Aquapazo recently. Yeah. Have you been there? Yep. Yes, I have. So the Giarusa company.
1: You know, I'm really good friends with Tom Ziden, who owns Aquapazzo. It's definitely a full circle moment. You know, his family, his father helped my father get started. We still have a great relationship till this day. So we personally love Aquapazzo as well. And, um, because of the Giorusa company, we were able to get started at Luva Bella in the early 2000s. Wow.
0: Beautiful. So that, that tells me a lot. You're, it sounds like your family's had a lot of influence on, uh, the direction of, of where you went with your career and business and all, all of that stuff, huh?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're a very close family, still are. Um, so knowing that I have had such a privilege to have a supportive family is something I don't take for granted. And it's something that I try to pay forward um, through mentorship. I'm an entrepreneur in residence at Cornell and help people in Youngstown with their businesses. So it's something that I, I know I had that you no know, privilege, and I, I try to do what I can to, to help others along the way with it.
0: What, what, what was it like to start working with, with Walmart? What was that interaction?
1: It was scary, to be honest. Um, I didn't get a chance. I went through their open call program in 2017. It's uh, Walmart's program to help get businesses that are small or medium-sized um, CPG brands to start selling with Walmart and I thought they're going to say no but I was like oh, I gotta shoot my shot right and um, I was really lucky that they really enjoyed what I had to offer and gave me a test market. Um, my test market was a little more unique than <laughs> most. I had to literally drive store to store and convince every manager to give me a chance so every time I got a yes I would email Walmart and said hey the Boardman, Ohio, Walmart manager, you know, Tom at the time, said, yeah, let's bring it in. And uh, then we sent some product. So it was a hand sell. I
0: drove all across Ohio. It took me two years. Wow. Let's there. go. So you had to meet with them all and sell them all one at a time. Yeah. It was so hard because
1: you don't know, are they there? Are they off? Are they on vacation? You show up during a meeting for two hours. I was like, Oh Lord. But you know, the hard work paid off because I got to meet a lot of really cool people, a lot of patience. There was a lot of frustration with missing, you know, some opportunities, but the people I met in those moments, um, really have uplifted me and my business as I've grown throughout the years. So some of my, my friends that I met, um, that are friends with me till this day, they're working for corporate. So they know that I'm genuine. They know I'm going to try to do my best by them and their business. I'm not going to just sell them something and disappear. I'm, I'm here for the long haul. And
0: having that real trust has really helped me uh, grow Louvabella's wines with, with the chain. That tells me a lot. I mean, there's that to me, that's a big part of the story, you know, without that you know, there's probably not, you're probably not doing as much business with, with Walmart. You had to meet with everybody in person. So I'm sure everybody would love that to, to, to have Walmart's business, you know, getting, getting it rolling. But how many people would be willing to hit the road for two years? Because I'm sure people from the outside looking in probably say, oh, this girl, she just got lucky and her family was, you know, already in that type of a business. So that's why, you know, she's had some levels of success. Cause you always have that from people just that don't understand, you know, not necessarily yeah. haters, but just they just don't get it. You know, they don't know what it takes. They didn't they don't no understand worries. what you with it. <laughs> what you had to go through, you know what I mean, and hit the road. But when I'm hearing yeah. that of like, wow, you know, I just spent nine weeks in a row on the road uh traveling, and to me you know, that I'm like, this is a lot, you know, I don't, I don't want to yeah. be on the road nine weeks in a row, but that's what was required, you know, at, at that very moment. And to hear you on the road for two years, you know, that sounds, you know, expensive with, with time more than anything, you know, gas hotels, but just time. And, and did you get a hundred percent yeses Did everybody say yes? Cause I could see you closing everybody. No. I wouldn't be surprised.
1: No, definitely not. I still have trouble to this day. I mean, not everyone understands. It's a really big company. So, you know, I I go where I'm welcome and I try to explain, you know, what we have to offer, but it was hard. I, after about two years, we got about 60 stores on board, which was a lot. I didn't go to all of them in Ohio. I mean, I didn't make it down to Cincinnati at the time. I was mostly focused on Northeast Ohio, all the way to like Sandusky down to Columbus. I was kind of what I focused on, because I figured if we were successful there, we would be successful elsewhere. I needed to figure out with the time I had and the distance and everything in between, how could I control this test market? Because it was really something you had to be hands-on because if your product sells out, and you don't check on the store, is it going to be reordered? Or are you going to be forgotten? You have to be there constantly so you could make sure that even though you got a yes, it doesn't sell out. And then it shows on the computer for Walmart's data oh, you've made zero sales in the last eight weeks. Well, it's because you're out of stock, right? So it was uh, a lot of hustle. And a lot of people don't know that I started a company separate from my parents. I had my own LLC, I did my own accounting. Um, I paid my own way. I invested my own dollars. I had a manufacturing contract with my family. So I paid for, you know, the cost and the manufacturing of the product, the glass, everything. And I made pretty much zero money in the first two and a half years because I didn't realize at the time it was super costly to sell one SKU. It was my Red's Red Blend. So going all these miles, all these stores and only selling a box or two to each store it, I didn't make much money. So at some point I was like, okay, I got to start making some money at this point. So I proposed to my family, Hey, I know distribution. I know retail. I've been on the road for the last two and a half years. Why don't you hire me to work at Luba Bella? And I try to build your distribution business. So I made pretty much minimum wage cause I'm family. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm rolling up, trying to build a distribution business. And I got the ability to not only sell my product, but I was selling my family's products. So it was more profitable for me to go to each stop. So then fast forward, I realized that we had a huge opportunity, not with just my brand, but my parents' brands, Purple Rain and Passion. So with my now husband, Evan, we came together and said, hey, let's propose to your family to buy them out. My parents were ready to retire and I did not want to wait for succession or anything like that. So my father said, Hey, make me an offer. Let's get the, the valuation of the company from a third party. So Evan and I literally put every penny that we had earned jointly together to put a down payment on an SBA loan to buy my parents out. And that's how we did it. And that's why we're at, where we're at today because kind of the dominoes, they fell all at the same time. It made sense. I had the experience he had experience, Evan, he has a background in M&A, M&A, M&A sorry, I can't talk today, and um, entrepreneurship. So it just kind of all made sense.
0: Unbelievable. Unbelievable. It, those are the things that people would miss of everybody would love to have a successful wine business and own their own business. But how many are willing to go two years plus doing all the work and not making the return? You know, immediately, and the investment of time, and how many knows? You know, I, I think you said you were in sixty WalMarts. <laughs> how many knows do you think that you got on on the road out there? A lot,
1: um, not necessarily Walmart, but other stores too. You know, just, I wasn't knows, just... period.
0: What percentage? Um,
1: I probably got a sixty percent yes rate. Pretty I good. I knew how to. I knew how to put myself together and sell the product, but... um, Closer, 60%
0: closer, 40% no's. That's a lot of no's though too.
1: Yeah, it was, but I turned a lot of those no's into yeses later. You know, I took notes. I remembered who I spoke to because I could go to hundreds of stores. They all blend together. So you want to remember, oh, I spoke to Lori at the... Um, I spoke to Lori at Bueller's. So I was really um, trying to make sure I was putting things together. Right. So I, I really put it um, through the notes and was really organized.
0: It seemed like, you know, from what I've understood, you know, 2013 to 2020, you know, your company was doing good. And then over a couple years, there was a ton of growth and expansion, you know, tremendously 2020 to 2022. Um, Tell us about that. What what did you see that helped you take that from good? I I know a lot of it you've explained, but took it from good to the next level. Sure. I think it's a great
1: question. I really haven't been able to answer that before. Um, So it was two things. Evan and I took over the acquisition Uh, was closed in May 2020. It was in the middle of the pandemic. We had no idea how it was going to go, but we decided to bet on ourselves. And a few months in, we realized a lot of our competition could not fill the shelves with wine. So with the supply chain issues, we had enough glass, we had enough supply. So with looking in the history of Lubabella, I knew some of our brands in the last five years have grown consistently, added value, had great sales year over year in a diverse group of retailers. So I knew if I pitched a distributor outside of Ohio, I knew we were going to be successful. I did not want to pitch the company during this pandemic. And then it was a big flop because I had that data, and we had the surety of supply, I decided, okay, let's try to get one new state and see how it goes. So we launched in Memphis, Tennessee with Athens Distributing in November 2020, and it lit on fire. I could not believe how much wine we sold. Um, We were only in nine stores, nine Walmarts, okay? We only launched in nine locations. I wanted to control it. Because the one thing you have to learn in sales and something that I learned the hard way, if you aren't sure about something, don't do it. Because if you cross that line and you get that opportunity and it blows up in a bad way, you're you're branding yourself as someone that isn't trustworthy and your product doesn't sell. So I want to be really strategic about where I started. Started small. But we sold... I, I still think this is an actual number. 2,793 bottles out the cash register in nine stores in three and a half weeks.
0: Awesome. Crazy. Like,
1: <laughs> I laugh at it because it's unbelievable. It's, it was in the right spot. I partnered with a market manager, Sean. He was amazing. Sean and Kathy from Memphis. They put us in the right spot in the store for customers to find it. We had great point of sale. We did some advertising on social media. So it all lined up. It wasn't just because it was in the store. Like you had a plan for it. But it was just the perfect combination, everything. And people really enjoyed the wine. And it was a repeat purchase. You know, they liked the packaging at the beginning, but they came back for more and, um, now, you we started the business then. with
0: one yep. person, and now you're, you, you know, you, you got thousands of, of, of stores, I think, that you're dealing with. Sounds like thousands of bottles of, of wine yeah. getting pumped out. What, what is your advice on leading others? Because I'm assuming that you have other people helping you.
1: Yes. We have a team about 35 at Lubabella right now, and we have a really great team, really great culture. I think the best advice for leading is to lead by example, be very clear, communicative, showing that you're showing up not for your company, but for others as well, making sure that you are doing everything you can as a leader to support your team. And with that, it's the domino effect. Everyone sees that and wants to lead by that example too. And it really creates a positive culture of a company that wants to do good by not only... You, but for them in the group as well. So that's something that I've seen do really well. Um, like my husband, he works at Luba Bella. I work for from home most of the time. But I come in uh, once in a while. Um, he's the first one there and the last to leave. Mm. Um, and I, I think that's so important because if your boss isn't showing
0: up, why would you? Right? Come on, give it to yeah. him. That's the truth. A lot of yeah. people want to lead, but the first first person you got to lead is yourself. And I think the biggest form of leadership starts with your example. And so yeah. just to hear the support from you, you know, of a lot of women, a lot of men also just, you know, people in general, couples, the other spouse Everybody. doesn't understand they want that person home, but they also want them to grow to business, you know, at the same time. Yeah. How, how important do you think it is to have the right, You know, spouse and and, and people supporting, because I think that's a a game changer. What what are your thoughts on that?
1: Oh, it's so important. Um, I'm really fortunate because Evan and I both grew up with family business, and Evan has seen the pros and the cons, and so have I. And we both agreed going into business together that we would speak from one voice. I feel that when you have two motivated individuals, sometimes although you're on the same team, that kind of gets lost in translation because you want to be the powerful one. You want to be the leader. But when you realize you're on the same team and you have the same goal, you need to come together and make sure that your message is the same at all times. So we agree that we speak from one voice and that we agree upon things before we make a decision. Or if I need to make a decision in my department, which is you know the sales and distribution Evan trusts me to make the right decision for the group and I trust Evan to make the right decision for the group in his department. So it's not like we have to micromanage each other. We know that we're literally on the same team and um, we have a really good sync, really good uh, synchronistic uh, message and, and leadership style.
0: Huge. What are, what are some of the adversities that you faced as a young woman operating, you know, your own company and, you know, how did you overcome some of those adversities?
1: I have to say the wine industry has been more progressive than ever. I have seen a lot of great changes and a lot of um, companies welcoming me more than ever as a woman, but there's always a couple individuals that uh, are still really rude, really sexist, I know if I go into this meeting by myself, the outcome will be different versus versus if one of my male counterparts were involved. Um, so there are some unfortunate circumstances like that. But for me, I know when the situation is going to be like that and I prepare. I make sure that I am well-versed in what I'm supposed to do to accomplish in that meeting. And I know at the end of the day that regardless of, who I am, what I look like, I'm educated, I'm in this meeting because I'm adding value, and I'm here to make sure that we're having a successful partnership, and I will stick up for myself in a professional manner, but sometimes it is tough. So um, I think the the long-winded, well, the short-term answer for that is um, you just got to know who your audience is and who you're dealing with and be prepared to handle it. Because unfortunately in this business, if you um, don't handle things properly, when it's negative, you can get completely barred from the business in a certain sector. So um, yeah, it's, it's a long, it's a lot.
0: (laughs) It seems like, you know, the past few months on social media, you were documenting, a lot of your travel and this crazy schedule as you were expanding into new states. So talk to us a little bit about that. You know, what was that, what was that like, that travel, that schedule, that grind, you know, what it what does it require? You know, because outside looking in, you know, people probably again, you know, man, she's lucky, you know, it was easy, you know, for her, her family was already there, that's why, you know, and stuff like that. So in your mind, you know, How would you explain to somebody, here's, here's some of the sacrifices, this is what that schedule required, this is what it ha- has required, it ain't all sunshine and rainbows?
1: Yes, um, it requires a lot of uncomfortable situations and what I mean by that is putting yourself out there in moments that you might have outside of your comfort zone, going into stores and meeting people for the first time, are they going to be excited to meet you and learn about your products and your company? You ha- might have to travel to a new place by yourself, or overcome challenges that are really hard to discuss. Like, you know, on this podcast. Like, for example, I have a trip upcoming to go to North Carolina next week on Monday and Tuesday, and part of that trip, I have to go to several stores that bought a bunch of my product in the Christmas season and they switched out their displays and I have like 20 cases of my wines in the back room. They're not putting it out, it's not selling, and it's not gonna sell until it's back out on the sales floor. So after many failed attempts to get things resolved, I'm gonna be driving all over the state to meet with those stores and try to rectify the situation because once the product is out, it sells. But there's a lot of layers a lot of layers of people you have to go through to get those things done. You can't always just do it from your, your computer or you can't always have your distributor fix it because they have another thousand other food and beverage items to sell. So that's a challenge that I've been dealing with since January. And you no, know, we've gotten some of it resolved to have Cecil, my territory sales manager out there today working on it, but I'm going to fly down and try to fix it. But um, there's a lot of, emergencies throughout the week we have to handle um, not just something like that but um, distributor politics getting into retail and what it's like handling those relationships every every morning you just don't know what's going to come in your inbox so documentary documenting all the documenting can't talk um, all these travels I'm trying to be a little more transparent because I don't know if you listen to the podcast how i built this by guy raz but they talk about these companies like um oh dang snacks like the coconut chips they talk about the backstory the knit and grit to get started up but they usually skip the distribution how did you get in those thousand retail locations right So I thought, why not share that? I've been looking for that information. I'm sure others are looking for that information. So I want to share that. I want to be the person that shares the stuff that you might not want to show.
0: Yeah. So what is that? You know, give me, what's that schedule look like? You know, is that, what is your current schedule? How would you describe your schedule to someone currently right now? Do you have tons of free time. Are you super busy? Do you need to stay super organized? How long are you going? How hard are you going? I know you mentioned your husband, first one in, last one out. What is your schedule and what has that schedule as you expanded? What did that schedule look like?
1: Yeah. So I work from home. So him and I both start at the same time, but I'll just do all my, my sales and all of the strategic distribution growth like the projections or working with retailers, having meetings, Um, just because we have outgrown our office space at the winery. And since most of my sales team also works remote, like Cecil, he lives in North Carolina. Um, Kenna, she works from home most of the time. She's from Canfield, but uh, she um, also works from home because of her sales role. And we also have um, another support, figure at the winery delaney but she's in the office with Evan. it's overcrowded so this way since most of my team works remote it it's still the same yes. so um average i will go out and market to two states twice a month uh, last week we were in tennessee um next week i'll be in north carolina we're going to new orleans and try to meet with some distribution down there and i'm going to alabama in july so i try to do at least a couple market visits each month so um, every day is different. There's a new emergency I have to handle in my inbox usually. <laughs> Some unknown unknown. I'm Come sure on. you deal with fires all the time all the time. I like to say, be productive. Don't be busy. You want to make sure that when you are working, you're getting stuff done. So I can work eight hours a day, I could work 12 hours a day or something in between. As long as I'm actually doing something to move forward, If I don't have something going on, I might go visit my grandma. I might look up other companies and what they're doing and think about the the future. So I'm always doing something, but, um, I'm not going to just look at a spreadsheet just to feel that I'm working Right. right.
0: Productivity versus being busy is a huge thing for me. Well, as, as we start to wind down, you know, there's a lot of entrepreneurs that listen in. There's a lot of young entrepreneurs that listen, listen in, and you started your company young, what what, did, what advice would you have for other young entrepreneurs just getting started out? Do not be afraid
1: to put yourself out there. I didn't find what I was passionate about until my senior year of college. And it's only because I decided to speak up for myself and asked to do something I actually enjoyed. And once I got the ability to do that, I started networking. I went to meetings. I I joined some entrepreneurial groups on campus. Uh, Previous to that, I was too afraid to just try. I was too afraid to put myself out there because I didn't want to be rejected. But my father gave me a piece of advice that changed my life. And it was the answer is always no if you do not ask. Mm. So if you don't ask... You're already rejecting yourself. So, why not just get rejected, right? Ask away. You only need one person to give you a chance. And and that's what catapulted my success. One person gave me an opportunity, then it led to another. You gained some trust, gained a network that understood what you were about, and it kind of all progressed from there. I see what you do for your company. You're always out there, you're networking. You're at all kinds of places with your conferences, leading your people and sharing messages of the same type of hustle. And that's what it takes to be successful. Showing up, putting yourself out there and showing that you actually have a value to offer. It's not just one way. It's both ways in sales.
0: Amen. Well, it's easy to see why you're the person in charge of growth and why your business is 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 growing and it's amazing to see what you and your husband are 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 doing what a what a bomb squad what a power couple thank you look forward to meeting them meeting them one day so congratulations for everything I know you're just getting warmed just getting warmed up keep doing the work keep keep it up I'm looking forward to tasting uh your wine I gotta come to your place now I look for sure. a, a reason not, not and ha- I I have to. I'm I'm in Youngstown a decent amount, so we're going to have to get in touch and and see if I can come out there and taste some of the goods and see what you got cooking over there cuz I know you're growing, yep. so you got to be doing something right. Thank you. Open invitation for sure, you and your team. How how would uh how would somebody go about contacting you or or following you or anything like that? Which social media platforms? Sure. Um,
1: you can find a lot about Lujabella on our website, which is www.luvabella, which is dot com. Or if you want to reach out to me personally, most of my social handles are the same on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. It's at Marissa Sergi.
0: Uh, one S for Marissa and Sergi is S-E-R-G-I. Mm, love it. Congratulations on everything. You're an absolute beast. You're an absolute beast. we got to get you back on here. I could have went for another hour with you and uh, so much stuff that I'd like to pick your brain on at, at a later date. So we'll just have to bring you on another time if uh, schedule permits and if, if you're open to it. But very, Absolutely. very, very good job. Congratulations. And uh, we appreciate the value that you've added to our listeners out here. I know people's lives are going to be impacted by hearing your story so congrats on everything and uh those of you out there thanks for joining us on another episode of the grindcast get ready it's a new day